1: Legacy is just a bunch of pillars and fillers. Next, on Eternal Dirtles. Uh, but go.
0: I'll keep it up with the hey, just I'll keep a it quick shout out, out to all of our Patreon supporters out there. Thank you to the Dirtle Maniacs. If you want to be a Dirtle Maniac, go to patreon.com slash eternaldirtles and help support the channel. It keeps things going. It keeps things updated. Thanks so much for watching. On with the show. Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always, Phil Bleckman. Phil, how's it going,
1: man? All right, Zach, so we know what cards are the most played cards in Legacy, and Brainstorm's yep. at an all-time low.
0: That's weird, right? And also, I feel like I didn't, I didn't get a super good look at that, but also, isn't Force of Will at, a, at an all-time low, too?
1: No, Force of Will is st- the only card that's over 50% of the format. But it is at an I, all-time low for Force of Will. I'm going to double-check. We are looking at the yeah yeah great it's, Pete, it's not an all time low all
0: time low was was uh 2018 or 2019 apparently
1: yeah uh, we're looking at the great Pete Vanderham's but, uh a graph here that we'll yeah. share a, a link down below to the to the Twitter thread discussing it yeah and uh, it is it's, an image that shows all of the most played cards in Legacy over the past year
0: it's it's fun to look at this because you can look at a time right and just see like what, what was going on. And if we look at, uh, you know, if we look at what, 2015, uh, you know what was happening during 2015? Treasure Cruise. That's why those are so high.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so if you weren't drawing three cards for one mana, what were you doing? So this map graphs essentially all of the cards, or not all the cards, but like the premier cards and where they're seeing play from 2011 until through 2024. Yeah. And it's got Bone Masters on the chart scaled to the full year because it hasn't been out for a full year yet. So yeah. uh, Force of Will is the only card that has a, a play rate over 50%. Uh, it is played currently at, let me find it, 53.5%. Everything else is below the threshold. Brainstorm, for the first time, uh, is, has been below 50% since 2021. Uh, so the last two years, it's just been... Uh, on this downward trend below 50%. Yeah. Bowmasters is the most played creature by a wide margin at 40%. Yeah. I think what's the next creature after that? Uh, Death right Shaman was banned in 2018 after it had a threshold just over that. Okay. So around 45%, 44 ish, 45% is when Death was banned for reasons of diversity yeah. uh, for the format. And Bowmasters Masters is creeping up to that. Yep. And uh it you know, but be. nobody's but nobody's nobody's calling for it. Nobody wants but it. Nobody's seeing here, you know. Here's
0: the thing is the next creature on that list on this list, the next creature is Thalia at like twelve percent. No, so no, no, not no, no. Thalia.
1: This is not like <laughs> one of the top creatures. That's just a reference point to show you where DNT is at. I see. Okay. That's it. Yeah. Like,
0: that seems it seems no, odd no, 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 that no. Thalia is the, the next most played creature. Uh,
1: Urza Saga is also not on here, but like, uh, instead Ancient Tomb is. Lotus yeah. Petal, Ancient Tomb are now above 30% for the first time. Above days. so They are significant, like, I mean, yeah, of course, like the last three years with all the Commander product and stuff has really subsidized Urza, uh, which what? Subsidized Ancient Tomb. And yeah. Ancient Tomb is, you know, in discussion as the most powerful card in the format. And we see that here as it's been on a very steady trajectory since 2021. So, uh, I mean, it's been an upward trajectory since 2015, but it got way steeper alongside Lotus Petal, because if you're doing the stompy stuff, you're doing it alongside Lotus Petal. And, uh, yeah, so we are seeing Brainstorm trend down, Days is trending up, and this is where we want to talk about Pillars and Fillers. Pillars and Fillers. Yeah, let's uh, start it off, Phil. So I was at my local the other day, and... I played a Beanstalk Mirror. I was playing Miracles with Beanstalk. I was playing against the four-color Beanstalk list that won EW. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was uh, discussing with my opponent that, you know, these m- matches come down to whoever has up the Beanstalk, and then that's it. And we've talked about it on the cast before. Yeah. My personal opinion is that, like, in a Beanstalk Mirror, the only thing that matters is Beanstalk, and that's it. And then, if well, you're at beanstalk parody, the next thing that matters is force of wills, and whoever has I more think, force of wills wins.
0: I think it's so, important to to outline why that is, Phil, because it's not necessarily the case with all cards. Why having the card first is the is the better option. And a, a perfect example is is it's not always best to have Orcish Bowmaster first, because then your Bowmaster is uh, the second player hits the Bowmaster uh, with with the with their
1: Bowmaster, right? But I'm not saying you need to have beanstalk first. I'm saying you need to have more beanstalks than your opponent.
0: Agreed. But I think that uh, the first the first beanstalk that hits the board gives that person a much higher advantage in the game, and that's just because you know raw card draw. Right? Uh, Bowmasters doesn't draw you cards, uh, so I think if you end up being the first person to get more resources, that's why having having you know I mean I know this sounds super elementary. But uh, fo- follow me down this in- insane path for a second. Having more resources generally wins you the game and stops your opponent from st- from putting their resources into play. Uh,
1: I- I- am I going out of a limb too far for that? <laughs> uh, y- no, I, I mean, what you're saying makes sense. I'm saying yeah. I- I'm, I'm getting a little bit more granular in that yes. the way that the format is, that it's not just Beanstalk. Beanstalk is just the most glaring representation to me of, this exact of of this paradigm that has shifted for, I think all of the decks uh, in the, like all the premier decks in the format right now, where whatever archetype you're playing, there is a pillar of that, of of that sphere of the format that essentially will dictate every game that it's involved in. And the games where you have it versus don't have it are incredibly lopsided one way. So, but for Bowmaster, I don't think Bowmaster itself is the thing. No, I agree. I think Bowmaster, like, just the fact that Bowmaster is just so good in, like, every facet of every possible play pattern that could ever arise outside of, like, exactly fast combo that's not drawing cards. Because it's good against both creatures and drawing cards, and it goes wide, and it does everything, right? Yeah. So the fact that it does everything gives it the nod as, like, this freebie thing. It has flash. It does it all. Nobody needs to be... Uh, you know, lectured on how good Bowmaster is. It's 40% of the meta and it's not going down anytime soon. And, you know, in order to beat Bowmaster, you have to play Bowmaster. But to a, a harder extent, I think that for like Days Wasteland Shell, that's been, that's been a pillar of the format since its inception, that the combination of the threats now with Days Wasteland makes it so that the pillar of the format, Days Wasteland, is so much stronger than. <coughs> Excuse me. It's so much stronger than previous times when the threats weren't so consistently densely powerful, because now you don't have just like oh, if I draw Delver Day's Wasteland, that's good. You are effectively mathematically guaranteed to draw uh, Delver on turn one between Delver and DRC. Sure. So your Day's Wasteland uh, plus threat shells on the draw are just in the percentile of like. Nine out of ten games, that's what their their start is gonna be. I was uh I forget who uh, exactly who I was chatting with, but imagine you're sitting across from a Delver player and they go, Volcanic Island ponder, and you breathe a sigh of relief. If if that's I not generally indicative, do. Yeah. if that's not indicative of <laughs> yeah. like where where the format power is now situated, that like A, it probably turns their Bowmaster face up, right? But aside from that, the fact that they didn't put the thing that is like oppressive on the table, which is like very, very fast clock that beats down plus the day's wasteland thing. yeah. But before, when people were like, oh, you can play around days, you can just like not play into it and, you know, play off curve. But that, like the effectiveness of that depreciates significantly if the clock that you're, like if the hits to the face that you're taking are so much more devastating by comparison to if they played a Nimble mongoose. And we've talked about that before, but I'm saying the combination between DRC Bowmaster, which is a flame rift at the baseline, right? Mm-hmm. And its baseline is a flame rift that they can play around sorcery speed removal. And murktide Regent makes it so that the, the hits that you take off these things makes it all the more punishing to the point where you can't really play around that days in a way where it's like you just play around it.: We took it all.
0: We brought them to our land An endless night. You, yeah. you can't well, do that. Well, it's that consistency too. Uh, you know, what you're just saying about like have almost guaranteeing a turn one Delver. It's not just that you're guaranteeing a turn one Delver. It's that your follow up plays are so much more consistent. Uh, after you date, you know, you basically if you allow your opponent, like you can take three damage for seven turns and win the game. Like it can happen. You know, like you've got that amount of time in Legacy, but because the follow up play is yet another uh you know three mana or one mana uh three three or whatever. Uh, and then the follow-up to that is a two mana five five or or larger. Uh that cuts down significantly on the amount of time you have to uh one, to recover from a day's play, but two, to play around the days to begin with. I think that's what you're getting
1: at. I'm getting at that the the way that we view pillars of the format now versus pillars of the format of old with a power with the power level of the format so sh- starkly increased from like a time when we've had those discussions previously that the pillars of the format are so much more important in terms of like how we have to view them and you know this is also coming off the back of uh, the recent ban announcement where the uh watsi guys were like for legacy we are going to take in uh, a lot of community feedback and that's going to influence how we proceed with our bannings which essentially just my read was that it's just if if the community is vocal enough, <laughs> then you can make a ban happen, regardless yeah. of what the numbers might say. Right? If, you, if now, you can get Grubhub to order enough pizzas, you can get Bowmaster yeah. banned. And we we we, <laughs> we you know I've I've made the the pizza at the whatever joke plenty of times, but like I think that there isn't a consensus on like what the pillars look like and how we should view the pillars because everybody is sort of still enjoying this this time of you know, renewed legacy of black being the most dominant color. The and, era of good feelings, as I like to call it. And there's so I mean the power level of like Urza Saga decks, the power level of Days decks, the power level of Beanstalk decks, like it all comes down onto though like though like if you played you've played A Cast for however many years at this point, right? At least one. At least one. <laughs> the games where you have Urza Saga versus the games where you don't have Urza Saga is so lopsidedly different yeah, in terms of the different. power level of the deck yeah. that it's like it's just not close, right? If you have a multiple Urza Saga draw, you can just let the deck play itself to get you wins because you're just going to produce, you know, 30 power uncounterable yeah. uh around sorcery speed action and then tutor for whatever you need. And the but like the the point that I'm making is that we have to, as a community, reassess how powerful the pillars are and then recalibrate our relationship to those pillars with how we view them in terms of the discussion for is the is this good for the format or not? Now, looking at these numbers, we, we know that Bowmaster is in all these different kinds of decks and it's at 41% scaled for the year, right? It hasn't been out for a full year. So it's not like, that, that's not a hard and fast number. That's a number that's been scaled if it was for a full year. Now, in terms of, uh, like if we compare that, death right shaman was banned b- b- right as it like hit the forty forty and a half percent market, right? Like forty five percent DRC is gone for the sake of diversity. Now bowmaster is within those numbers, and we it's not even in the discussion. It's not even yeah. in the discussion. But if you listen to any, you listen to this podcast, you listen to any other podcast, your anybody that you've talked with about like things that bowmaster is doing. To like, oh, it would be cool to do to play a bunch of these things, but you can't do that because Bowmaster. Sure. Now, if if a, if a bunch of X1s and a bunch of other whatever stuff is getting pushed out because half the field is Bowmaster, and then we're thinking format diversity, we have to just because you can play Bowmaster and everything doesn't mean that it's good for format ever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I feel I like I'm not like fully clarifying this point, but like, I think that for our purposes when we look at something like urza saga when we look at something like days plus the powerful threats that are uh, embedded within it when we look at something like beanstalk that the games f- may feel fresh now and i want us to be clear-eyed that if and when it becomes stale because it's very clearly that these cards are the oppressors of the format that we can realistically look at how we should take action against them because there's, I, I, it does not seem sustainable to me that you can look at a bunch of cards that are being subsidized by these cards that otherwise would see zero play. And then you see a bunch of cards that are soft banned because these cards exist. So for like Beanstalk, Leyline Binding, Leyline Binding does not exist in the format if beans is not there. Yeah. Right. Well, it's only there because Beanstalk exists. Like Merc now if we like, if you look at Beanstalk decks and Delver days wasteland decks, they're both Orcish Bowmaster Murktide decks? Yeah. Right? Is it good that two-thirds of the legacy metagame are the same creatures? And then the ones that aren't are just Bowmaster or are just uh or Saga decks? I Well I, Phil, I, I, wanna, I wanna I wanna
0: I wanna know. call out two points. And they're they're in contention with each other to begin with. Uh they're two completely opposite uh points that I wanna bring up. One, uh, you know. Again, we're looking at what forty-one percent scaled for the year, right? Which means that we haven't even had a whole year with this card. I say all that to say this: we don't know what's around the corner. Uh, you know, how long was how long was Deathrite Shaman before you know it, Deathrite Shaman started to see a spike in play? It looks like in twenty fifteen. Oh, odd! Right after they banned Treasure Cruise, <laughs> that that they- card started shooting up. Uh,
1: but right after I, they banned I, Treasure Cruise, and it also got uh, an additional bump in resurgent when they banned Top because people weren't trying to determine this as hard. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, uh, well, uh, yeah, yeah, you're correct. Uh, so I, I say all that say this. There was a point in time, Phil, um, and this was in Modern, when people were crying for the banning of Snapcaster Mage, which is a laughable idea now. But it was a serious thought at the time, Right. Um, no one even plays that card anymore in legacy, or I don't even think in modern anymore. It's just not a card people like this is before they banned, uh, uh, splinter twin. They were like, Hey, another option before taking out splinter twin is ban snapcaster mage. The deck doesn't have all that, you know, utility. Um, and, and you know what? No one would even play snapcaster mage in any of those formats. Now, I, I, I think I'm correct in that statement as far as, uh, considering this for, uh, for modern right? Now, I say I'll have to Say this. Uh, because of that, uh, I don't think that within a year, based on power creep, that we're going to be playing uh, Orcish Bowmaster to the point that it's being played. I think they're going to keep doing stuff like, you know, here's a shot in the dark. It's Brainstorm, but it exiles cards instead. You know, they're going to start making these cards that like, don't interact properly with it so that you can basically ignore Bowmaster or something like that, you know, and not because of Bowmaster. I just think that weird, weird, uh, you know, what was that thing they said? Infinite design space. I don't believe that there is a very finite amount of design space that exists. And they just occasionally stumble upon an idea like Seek the Beast that. Changes how they how they design cards, right? They're like, oh, what we'll do is we'll just make all the red ones exile effects, you know. So uh, I say all that to say this: like I said before, I think that we're we're I think we're early on Bowmaster, but I don't think it's out of the realm possibility that it could be banned, uh, you know, by March. You know, um, that now my other point is uh, is against Bowmaster, and that point is. Bowmaster is a blue fucking red card, dude. It's a blue red card. You're just, you're just subsizing your mana base slightly to play a black card that is really either blue or red. It deals with drawing. It deals with, it deals damage. It's not a black card, you know? And so for Bowmaster to be the thing that brings black back into the metagame that makes black a playable color is, is blasphemy as far as I'm concerned. Uh,
1: your thoughts? I think you touched on what I was talking about with the Snapcaster comment, where you're saying that nobody would consider playing that now. And that's what I'm talking about, about recalibrating how we look at cards in context. Mm-hmm. The context of the format as it stands now, I think if we look at cards that are on the ban list, by comparison to the power level of cards now, the way that like our relationship to Deathrite, in the confines of what it was when it was around, you still cringe when you hear Deathrite, shot. I hate it. You hate it. And I hate You it. hate it in the context that it existed. Not well, can the I tell you the that context that, in- that I, well, that I tr- truly hate it? Go, finish your point, but I want to tell you the real context that I hate it in. Go. I'm saying that the, if we look at something like Beanstalk, which I think is leagues more powerful than Expressive Iteration, but Expressive Iteration is gone. And we still look, and like, when we think of Expressive Iteration, we think, oh, it's mini dig through time. It's way too good. And I'm looking at Beanstalk drawing six to eight cards over the course of the game before you're buried. Just going oh this is this seems way better than yeah. you know expressive that theoretically can miss you yeah. know like they both at a baseline replace themselves but it can miss and requires two colors yeah like beanstalk is just shoved into these four color shells now don't get me wrong expressive was in the four color shells too but yeah it no was a playing little, mono green beanstalk let's be honest there, there was a little bit more restriction <laughs> now there's a little bit more restriction because a lot of the context of legacy at a baseline works with beanstalk yeah. force of will works at a baseline with Beanstalk and is yeah. the best thing to be doing with it, right? Like if you, if you wanna be the, the, the blue-white X control deck with Force of Will, you're already incentivized before we even got here to play the third color. Now, before yeah. we got to Leyline Binding, we were on Prismatic Ending and everybody was like, oh, you could just pay extra to get it over five CMC so you can still draw a card. <clears throat> but Prismatic Ending already incentivized you to go into at least a third color because you had to deal with the Planeswalkers and shit. Okay, so we were already there. So once we realize that like, oh, in order to keep up with like opposing Beanstalk shells, we the arms race continued. we talked about that before. And you go, oh, I need to be better at this arms race, which is all about Beanstalk. So then Ley Line Binding gets subsidized entirely by the card's existence. Prismatic Ending gets pushed out. Ley Line Binding comes in. Ley Line Binding incentivizes even more colors. We move into the four color shells. We're there. Beanstalk yeah. incentivizes even more of that. So we go into the mid-range versions with Merktide region attached to it. And now the best creatures that we can be playing, which are Bowmaster, which just gets a, gets there on rate because we're incidentally asking for the additional color anyway, because of Wayland mining. And then we just want more things that work with Beanstalk. It just so happens that Murktide is yeah. the only other reasonable delve spell to play. So, we're, you know, and all of that means that we're going to move away from Uro because we want to play the, the the thicker stuff. Like, but you see how all of these other things that are coming in like the four color deck playing murktide they're not playing murktide just because murktide's a busted card it is but they're not doing it just because of that they were on uro they yeah. were not murktide but yeah. then they were like oh beanstalk's the best thing so beanstalk is subsidizing murktide coming into that shell yeah is so it better, know, better to pay like,
0: two and draw a card or to pay three and draw a card and gain three life and they're like
1: it's when, better to pay two yeah when i'm saying <laughs> like the, the, when i say like the pillars though yeah. it's like we can look at Merktide and go, okay, Murktide is in both the expressive, or expressive. It's both in the Delver shells and the Beanstalk shells. Yeah. But that's not an indictment necessarily of Merktide. If you look at like what's evolving around it, it's the it's like for the Beanstalk side, it's specifically the Beanstalk. Because yeah. you're only playing Murktide because it triggers Beanstalk, and you're just like, oh, here's a here's a very powerful good threat, but it has draw card tacked on, and it replaces itself. Yeah, that's a, yeah, yeah yeah. So and then and, and then vice versa. If you look at any Urza Saga deck with any of the, the additional, like literally every single thing that goes along with the Urza Saga package is being subsidized by the Urza Saga. A bunch of decks that are that exist are being subsidized by a single individual card. And when I'm talking about the pillars and then the rest of decks being filler, I'm saying that the, that filler, that, that stuff is only there because there's this baseline individually powerful obscene card that furthers that shell. Now, you could argue that in the Delver side that that's something that's closer to DRC than it is to, to days. I think like days may have its own issue. Yeah. But I'm saying the way that we have to think about, okay, we, we cringe when we hear expressive iteration, we cringe when we hear death, right? Shaman, but like these cards that exist now are at the same numbers and doing arguably more powerful and more uh, oppressive things when death, right? Shaman was around. Yeah. It checked reanimator a little bit. Okay. You know, I I I, well, I personally think like the degenerate stuff getting checked isn't a negative thing, but on on the side of uh, Bowmaster, it's like it's it's tough to run your X one that doesn't draw you a card. Yeah, not not to mention
0: like drawing cards is a uh, part of the game. <laughs> it's just like it's just like cut. It, it, you know, it's not Hull Breacher where it's cut completely cutting it <laughs> off, but it just it's it feels so weird that you know, okay, I need to answer this problem. You know, my whole deck is based on, like, figuring out how to do that by giving me card selection. And a lot of that is card draw. So it's weird. It, to me, it's just, it's it's a weird card to have to deal with because it forces you to find answers for it. And the way you do that in this game
1: is drawing cards. I, um, I, I, I want to just clarify my previous statement real quick. Yeah. I'm not saying I, I'm I'm not saying Eternal Dirtle's calling for bans of these cards yet. No, I, I've I'm, got I, time I, on that. I think yeah. I, 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 what I'm saying is, when that time comes, which it inevitably will, the 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 assessment that we need to look at is, I I think is cards in context and how that would look now. Because if expressive iteration also existed now in the format. Maybe there's a little bit of push and pull because expressive iteration doesn't draw cards. So do we look at that with beans? Do we look more towards that and and less towards beanstalk? Beanstalk incentivizes you to play with all these fat, thick things. Expressive iteration doesn't want fat, thick things like is. Do you do you steer towards beanstalk? Do you steer towards expressive? If you are in in Delver, like the, the fact that the Delver shell has churned through so many cards getting banned that haven't been days. It's essentially just gotten to replace those slots with something else. With something, never, And often something better. But that's, <laughs> but that's, that's what I'm saying. In context, they, they've, they've been progressively stronger, yeah. but they've never existed at the same time to see which things would necessarily weed out others to mm-hmm. actually incentivize any amount of diversity. So if Dreadheart Arcanist and Expressive Federation and Orcish Bowmaster all existed at the same time, what do you, or and Death Ray Shaman. And Treasure or, Cruise. But like, but you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, of if, course. If, 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 like, like, so, I've seen been seeing people playing a lot of Timeless recently on on Arena and uh. having a blast and being like, it's you know, I look at this and I'm like, this stuff looks degenerate. How, like, there's please, clearly like, please leave me alone. but but looking at it and people going oh this is a lot of fun i'm thinking like oh it's yeah because it's kind of interesting like if oko and loris both exist at the same time like there's actually a decision on actual legitimate power levels on both ends to be considered now in my personal opinion loris is objectively way better and it's not close but there there is something to be said that like not everybody is going to have that same judgment but if the format if, if like all the other powerful cards are gone and the only thing that's left are the clearly obvious pillars that are in the format now with nothing contending against them. Then what you get is something like Griselda Delver both being Bowmaster Merktide decks, and Four Color Beanstalk being Bowmaster Merktide decks, and then Urza Saga all being the exact same shells with like whatever combo finish, whether it's Painter or uh, you know uh, what, what's the other the one with the mono black one, the yeah. with Beseech and Over like yeah. Helm like, like but they're they're all construct decks first, you know? Yeah, like. You know what I'm saying? Like, if there's no if there's no tension to, com- to to combat pillars, then the pillars become solely the only playable things at a competitive yeah. level, and then that leads us to going, "Oh my God, these cars need to go. They're well, aggressive. They're they're pushing everything out, but because there's no tension against them, yeah, because yeah. we keep, you know what I mean? Because the well, other stuff that we're refusing to touch, like days, like whatever, makes it so that we go after these other things, and then something new comes in, just fills those slots, and we go through the same cycle over and over again. Well, I think part of that. Is- Part of
0: that issue, Phil, is there's no philosophy for what this format is as far as bands are concerned.
1: That Zach, oh, I'm so happy that you you you, clear, you just made it so much clearer than I, I was trying to articulate. That was what I'm what I mean. <laughs> so when I, was saying that I wrote the down guys, uh, when the this legacy wrote guys down
0: when you mentioned uh, Deathrite Shaman because um, I when a little before Deathrite Shaman was banned in modern. I had a two-part series uh, article about it, it called "It's Banned in Modern," and it was about the philosophy of banning things in modern and why they do it. And there was a philosophy. And let me tell you, Phil, so what the do you remember what the philosophy for why things get banned in modern is, or what the philosophy of modern is? Period.
1: I think the only one that anybody remembers is turn four, f- turn
0: four kill philosophy. No turn three kills. Yep. so that uh uh no old format boogeyman and this is why I don't like rate shaman because I hate i, I don't like unbanning death right shaman to me I'm like just we've fucking seen it already like let's let's not do it again you know it's the same reason why like Golgari grave troll like why' they unban Golgari grave troll we don't need dredge like in that format and this is this is specifically talking about modern here and then the other one is format diversity the best that we have for legacy um and just just to give you like kind of an idea about what what that meant for uh for uh modern was uh it, they didn't unban a lot of cards from fairies like bitter blossom for a very long time which was like sure whatever i guess um it took them it took them a long time to ban um D- dominant decks like uh splinter twin and birthing pod and whether or not you feel like those should have been banned or not it took them longer than it needed to because they didn't break any of these rules and uh the only reason that they did get banned was because of format diversity so if we take what we know from that what we can extrapolate from how wizards thinks about d- design and banning at all like you know we can at least pull something from that information right um, and translate it over to Legacy. What we know is that there are uh, there are degenerate cards that need a place to live. We we have gotten that definitively. We don't know what those cards are, but we do know that degenerate cards need a place to live, right? And format diversity. That's kind of all we know as far as like what the philosophy
1: with with Legacy is. Aside from you know, if you bitch about it enough, we'll change it. I would I would push back on that because I think I I would argue that right now. We I, I would argue that right now we have more clarity on what Watsi thinks about legacy in terms of the ban list than any time ever, which is point well, That's blank. just the
0: nature of time, I think.
1: No, no, I, I think I, like, <laughs> like when, when they said when they said point blank, we list we, we take in community feedback for legacy yeah. more than other formats. I think that means that we have way more agency than we think. Yeah. So like no, I agree with when, when, that. When we're saying we're trying to get into Watson's heads, I think that like we can just tell them what's in our heads. And if anything, right now, I'm advocating for stuff to come off because I right now think that the, the 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 pillars of the format, because they have no resistance against them, yeah, mean that they are objectively the best thing to be doing without any other consideration. And I think that like if you just if you just stack up right now, imagine expressive iteration exists in the format. You're lining it up against up the beanstalk. And you're telling me that one is more powerful than the other to the point where one has to be on the ban list and the other's not. I'm like, telling you that both is, of them deserve to be on the ban list. <laughs> I'm saying that I, I'm saying that like, if yeah. both existed yeah. in the format at the same time, there's at least some amount of decision that decision that, that you want to make. About, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then that is going to incentivize diversity while the power level remains at, at the high level that it would need to be to be competitive. Well, you know I, what I'm saying? Like, I think it's better if it, it, either it all goes or it all exists. I, like, think, to, to, I think, I think, think there's, there's a, a lot range. of range. I think, Phil, there's a lot of meat on this bone,
0: and, and it's something, you know, we've got the we've got the unbanned episode coming up, so we're going to go over all of this stuff in depth, so I don't want to go too deep into the weeds on this. But uh, I don't think that there's much of a choice if both those cards are unbanned. Uh, if you unban, so, you know, Beanstalk's already unbanned. Uh, if you unban Expressive Iteration, you're playing Blue Red Delver. And if you want to play Beanstalk, then you're playing the, the deck as it stands now. It doesn't change anything. It just means that you're probably
1: not splashing green for uh, well, Seek the Beast. See, and, and, this is, and, and this is where I hard disagree. If you're like, yeah, okay, Expressive iteration, so you just play Blue-Red, it's like, okay, so th- then then suddenly Bowmaster's di- percent goes down. But if some percentage of the field is still going to play Beanstalk, don't you want to be playing Bowmaster? That I don't, don't that think that Bowmaster just, uh, is
0: seeing is seeing like a maximum amount of play in Grixis decks. Honestly, I think it's seeing a, 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 and, and I, I don't have. I'd have to look, but I think that it's seeing much more play overall in non in like in non blue decks, and 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 I'll go with shadow too,
1: but like non blue red decks. It's played as a four-oven scam. It's played as a four-oven Grixis Delver. It's played as a four-oven Four-Color oh, yeah, 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 no, I'm saying overall,
0: like, like the overall percentage of the meta for those decks uh, is lower than than we think. We just see Bowmaster all the time and assume that it's coming from the most oppressive deck, but I really don't think that's the case. Bowmaster scaled at 40%. What are we talking about? No, I'm saying... Okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm saying Bowmaster exists at 40%. I hard agree with that. I'm saying Bowmaster in... Brainstorm decks is not as big a number as you think it is. I'm saying it's a much bigger number. You know, so, some percentage of that 40% is is uh, non-brainstorm decks, and I think that that's where the card is is getting so much. Like if if it wasn't able to be played in those other decks as just like a value card, it would not be at 40%. It's the, yeah, the fact Death that, that it has was appeal to all of those other decks is why is why it's up there. Which again. Look, that's why they banned Sensei's Divining Top because Sensei's Divining Top, if it only fit in the
1: blue decks, would have never gotten banned because it wouldn't. Well, it, it was played in have two decks. It, it was played. It was played. In, it was played in three decks. It was played in Miracle, Storm, and Painter. Correct. Um, like, yeah, right. But those yeah, are but all it, decks
0: that like aren't. You know, don't like. Otherwise, they're moving parts. The only
1: thing they want to do was just manipulate the top of their deck, right? But they manipulated their top of the deck in very, very different ways. Yes. Now I I'm, I'm not coming to the defensive top here. I'm saying that like the the, the, the if if, <laughs> if we look my, my my whole thing here is that like we we look at these cards of old in the context where they were too good because they never had any tension up against them because the stuff that could have tensioned against them were already on the ban list. And then same thing for cards now. There's like if if Treasure Cruise and Murktide exist at the same time, don't get me wrong. I think Treasure Cruise is obviously better. But like does everybody agree with that? I don't know. Maybe somebody's like, "Okay, well, you're drawing your three cards. I'm going to put this eight-eight into play and kick you in the face." Like I'm saying that, like whether or not that, like whether or not everybody just plays Treasure Cruise instead of Merc Tide, I'm yeah. saying that there's not even the choice. No, no, you you're, right. We, you're we, right. we can't even have the the argument of which one's better because they don't exist at the same time. There's you know no argument for which Phil, is the best option for the thing. You know, what would be you interesting know- is is uh, doing a.
0: Uh, like, you know, they did no ban list modern uh, tournament, and it was miserable. Let me tell you, it was like the worst thing ever. Um, but it would be interesting for a major uh, tournament series like, you know, Buffalo Chicken Dip or something to be like, we're going to do one no ban list legacy tournament. Now, obviously, power would be off the off the list. Um, but, you know, things that were legitimately banned uh, come back uh, come back onto the list for like this one tournament. I'd be interested to see what choices
1: people make. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I don't know how you actually, you know, test for those things in a way that could. Well, that that was the problem
0: with the the modern tournament is that there was no good way to test. And it turned out everyone just, the people who won just played Eldrazi because
1: that was the broken deck at the time. I just want to reiterate that, like, the the point that I'm making is the context with with which these cards exist in. And how all of the context of the tension between those cards affects each of those cards. So, okay, let's say if if Treasure Cruise came off the ban list, obviously it's too good. But if it came off the ban list and you're thinking, okay, well, now I have to make a choice. Am I playing Merktide and Treasure Cruise? Am I playing some combination of both numbers? bowmaster exists now do i want to be playing treasure cruise in the bowmaster format if if drc comes off well dr or, or drc if uh deathright shaman comes off well now deathright shaman is checking both of those delve spells maybe yeah. i want to move less away from them and more towards something that doesn't work in the graveyard or play my own oh if, if and now uh, are you
0: playing full, if, like are you playing 12 one drops in your and- delver
1: deck if if Dreadhorde Arcanist <laughs> comes off, Dreadhorde Arcanist is a one three that also uses as a graveyard. If Deathrite Shaman checks that, but now do I want to play playing Dreadhorde Arcanist and my Delve spells? Well, if I'm playing all these one twos and one threes bow master maybe isn't so good but people are playing treasure cruise so maybe i do want some number of bow masters and it's like do you like all of this in context on top of like oh but beanstalk is also really good so maybe like is beanstalk plus treasure cruise is that just like turbo drive but then like am i filling my deck with way too much fluff like do i need more interaction where does that inter- and now we're making choices on like numbers yeah. on 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 uh actually lining stuff up as opposed to the format just being i'll beanstalk you'll beanstalk or i'll bow master and then you'll bow master my bow master and i'll bow master your bow master or we'll both just try and murktide each other to the larger murktide and you, you know what i'm saying like the, the format as it stands right now i think is exceptionally boring point, because point, all we're getting is those things
0: point of fact to to people like you and me who don't play the standard pillar of the format decks uh for the most part phil is that shit's boring uh if if you like it, it doesn't offer anything to somebody like me who's playing Infect or you's playing miracles like those cards <laughs> don't fit in those decks
1: but you know, here, and, those cards get banned because they're good in the best decks. I, I, I another example that I want to make too is the the off of those things. Yes, I agree with what you just said, and to to further that point, the fact that we don't get the opportunity for that kind of format diversity because of how cards on the ban list and how they might affect contextually with cards that exist now as well, and how they might not be as powerful as they once were, that. For example, what you were talking, what you, like, yes, I like to play Miracles, and I would prefer not to play leyline Binding if I don't have to, because I don't want to stress my mana base that way. I'm a Mystic Sanctuary gamer. I would much rather play Prismatic Ending at, instead of Leyland Binding. Now, leyline Binding has a, a lot of advantages to it. Deck. It's, it's <laughs> instant speed. It can hit the one ring. And, it, you know, it it usually is going to trade up. It does work in conjunction with Beamstalk. But, the, like, when I play Beamstalk... I am handicapping myself if I don't also play Leyline Binding. Yeah, it's because ridiculous. Leyline Binding is so subsidized by the card's existence. Yeah, if you play, if if you play anything with Urza Saga, like, well, you kind of have to play the Shadow Spear. You kind of have to play the uh, Mox Opal to like fix the color after the fact, which incentivizes a certain amount of density of artifacts yeah. beyond beyond the pale, unless you're playing something that's like very obviously underpowered by comparison. So, but like. If, if expressive iteration existed in the same format as Beanstalk, well, now you're going, oh man, do I want to play expressive with prismatic ending? And then that's good against certain things like prismatic ending is way worse against masters, but expressive, which works better with prismatic ending than ley line Binding, maybe better, but then maybe I can play four color and play expressive with ley line Binding because I care about the removal. But then do I want to just be on the raw card draw, but the card draw, I'm going to get punished by Bowmaster and I'm, I want to be less green than I want to be, Red, so like now I'm making these choices, and it just becomes so much more yeah. like intellectually stimulating to figure out what choices to make in your deck building. Whereas right now it's like, well, beanstalk's the best thing to do, and the best thing with beanstalk to removal wise is line binding. So I gotta think be bad. I think
0: you just made a great point there, Phil. Is it is it is more stimulating to the individual for deck building purposes. It is overall to me less stimulating to be offered. all these extremely, even more powerful versions of cards and be like, well, which one do you think is the
1: best? And then have to play against those cards. I'm out I wish we could live in a world where you could get a taste. Because if if we if we are if we're scientists in the lab and we have the hypothesis that if stuff came off to actually apply tension against the other cards that are just as powerful, if not more powerful, and actually run the gambit, my hypothesis would be that the format would be more fun and more diverse because there is a a even though the power level at a baseline is higher, it's flatter. And yeah. I think that that would be more interesting of a format than what we have now, where there's clearly a tier of cards well above everything else in the format. And it, those are the pillars of the format. Everything else feels like Chafe being subsidized by those pillars. And there isn't actually any decisions to be making beyond like the, 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 the 58th and 59th card or whatever, like, okay, yeah, we're going to play three triumph or two triumph. We're playing three Merc tide or four Merc tide, but you know, you're playing those cards with beanstalk. There's no, there's no alternative. There's no other choice in yeah okay i'm I'm playing bowmaster because i'm in black i guess maybe i'll play a thought caesar two in my grixis delver deck or maybe i'll play the stifle maybe, you know oh bleh, bleh, bleh. like those are not as interesting of choices as actual like okay instead of us running into a 90 percent mirror every single game we're my bowmaster and your bowmaster and we're just playing bowmasters back and forth at each yeah. other like oh actually i'm gonna play this dread order against your bowmaster fuck you figure it out right yeah. like Oh well, I'll, I'll, okay. Do you want to check the graveyard in some meaningful way, like to deal with my Merc Tide as well? Like, who knows? Am I even am I even doing that stuff? if We have options, right? Am I playing some variation? If if, am I, if I'm playing two Bowmaster, two Dreadord Arcanist, and you're thinking like, how to, how am I supposed to parry my tools, my my removal suite against these these different things, and how to actually line those tools up in a game? I think that's going to lead to way more diverse and like replayable experiences. Than when you just sit down and go bowmaster first. Okay, bowmaster, bow bowmaster, bowmaster, bowmaster. You know? Well, that's that's my hypothesis. Yeah. My hypothesis oh, yeah. is that. Th- that-
0: it's, it's more a thesis to me, actually. And I was going to say, uh, with that as your thesis, I think, uh, you know, this being the first episode of the new year, we have a lot in store <laughs> for everybody uh, th- this coming year. Obviously, the takes are hot right now. So, uh, you know. I don't know. even know if the
1: take is the take even all that hot? I'm just thinking it's, it's that. It's not like- that it's hot, it's, it's, it's impassioned is the I, word I'm looking I, for. I think it's impassioned. I, I want I want us as a community to think just a little bit deeper into these play patterns yeah. as opposed to only what we remember of getting buried by cards because in the in the the assessment of something like okay, if Dreadlord Arcanist and Bowmaster existed at the same time and it's like okay, well Bowmaster can't tag the Dreadlord Arcanist, but if Dreadlord Arcanist doesn't have like a bolt to deal with the Bowmaster, but it has a cantrip and okay, I'll attack, but I can't cast the cantrip because then I'll <laughs> blow up your army and then your <laughs> army blocks my my dread Art arcanist and that's bad so maybe i don't even swing but now my dread Art arcanist is holding back both of your one ones and that's <laughs> interesting and now there's tension like you know what i'm saying like we're not thinking at that we're not thinking <laughs> like oh what if the Ar- arcanist attacks into it phil, and then what does that look like we're not thinking about that
0: phil have you ever watched jerry springer uh who's the father no yeah no no that's that's i think that's Geraldo. Uh, I no idea. Jerry I Springer know. is the one where uh, so uh, uh, this is this is the small side but so at the uh, that's the one where everyone fights on on stage like you're guaranteed right. like a fight at the end, uh, uh, on Jerry Springer but there's always that moment at the end where he, he like sits down he brings it back and he's just like hey you know take care of each other blah blah you know like you know peace and stuff uh and I was in the middle of that when you came in with a with a chair and just started beating the living. <laughs> <laughs> by God. Yeah, another it's guy God. right in front of it's, me. You're like, it's over secrets. <laughs> it's force of fill with the steel chair. Uh, by... Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I, I, I <laughs> the plan was to end there. Um, but no, you're right. You're right. Um, the, I think, I think the thesis, uh, you step forth is, is correct. And I think that, uh, you know, like I said, we've got the, ba- the unbanned episode coming up. And that's gonna be an interesting point. I think that there's gonna be a lot of passion there. And um you know what else the for the community needs? More of us. Uh and, and what we need from the community is more funding. So if you can go to patreon.com slash eternal dirtles, that's my shameless plug for the day. Um and I think uh I think we can end it there. Uh thanks everybody for watching.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like I don't know what I'm even talking about. <laughs>
0: Have a good one, everyone. For the gift that keeps on giving all year round, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash eternaldirtles. And hey, check out this playlist we got up here with all of our interviews over the last couple of years. Some great people from the Legacy community, some really great guests.